0: Alan Karpik with the famed Tom Deanhardt here. I on. know one of our favorite Tom and I love to talk about old Purdue football stuff and we could record our stuff. You know, I think Newbert calls us the two, I don't know. He has the two things on the Muppets or whatever, the two old men talking back and forth. That's us. And we're talking about Gary Forstek and we're talking about, uh, You know, 1979 Purdue Notre Dame and Tom Deanhart sitting in the bleachers on the field, which was true at the time, I think, one of the second or third largest crowd in the history of ross Aid Stadium that day. And, of course, today on Tuesday, uh, Purdue announced its official capacity, and we'll talk about that. But this is the buy-sell feature, and and, uh, we have fun. Thanks to uh, Kyle Spray and the folks at acrepro.com uh it is your place for farm management and if you need if you need to buy some farmland talk to Kyle and and his group because they are uh the experts at acrepro.com and we'll also put the phone number uh on the post as well
1: all right tom
0: i got some wait, deals wait wait, wait wow,
1: yeah. wow, real quick before you you leave the the, the nostalgia road i went to the Tom Shot's Purdue memorabilia.
0: Yes. How did that go? And I, and I picked up. I picked up.
1: Ah, the 73. Like I got a 1977 uh, football media guide. So there you go, buddy. How about that? You know, I hate to break it to you, my
0: friend, but we have at the oh, there you got them all. archives, we've got them all. I've and got my own. In collection. fact, I have somehow when I first and I've been doing this what now 27 years and I, I don't know what but we used to do the programs at Golden Black yeah back in the day up till I think we stopped doing them in 2001 or 2002 I can't remember uh lost the contract to host communications uh not to Pat Henderson he did not do us in but somebody did <laughs> no no it was all good but um anyway the uh i digress but i have all the all these covers for some reason because we had a zillion extra programs over the years and i did the archives back when i was an intern you were an intern in the athletic department so was i a few years before you were mm-hmm. and um we had so many ex- these extra programs that i have those covers somewhere i have them and they're all stacked and they probably were something because you could make yourself a you know a, a hellacious purdue room with these program covers going back you know i don't know that they go back uh, but there's some great program covers over the years i mean in fact i just posted one on facebook of the dedication a friend of mine brian tam sent me the cover of the 20 i hadn't seen that in a long time the dedication game, the first game in ross Aid Stadium, Purdue in Indiana night on November the 22nd, 1924. We talk about that, wrote about that a little bit today in the in the 100-year look back at ross Aid Stadium. So a lot of good stuff. This is the time, uh, as crazy as the offseason is with college football, and you've lived it more than anybody, in this transfer portal, NIL world, which is the way the world is now, it is fun
1: yeah. to
0: get back to the fact that there is great history in this game, and this is why it's why people care about it and why they're worried about it uh, because there's there's so much to this this thing called college football and so many stories, and you know, you talked about uh, uh the first the coaches that you're going to and you're going to write about I won't make a spoiler of the coach pretty coaches, the last two ten Purdue coaches to win their first game. It was
1: the last ten last ten debuts. Or ten debuts. Four,
0: only four of them are going to win. Only four of them going to win, and I was lucky enough yeah. to have the right answer. But it's a good question, and uh, it's in and, and what uh, two of the best of those ten, right? Three of the best of those ten, as a hint, did not win. The yeah. three best coaches of those ten did yeah. not win. Right. So um, anyway, funny, funny stuff. All right, so buy sell is how this works, and we come up with I come up with random silly questions that make tom think hard or or fake it uh, of things that is he going to buy or sell that this is going to happen either this week or this season or whatever so we're going to start with the big 10 and tom does a great job of chronicling his people always argue with him but who's his who's at the top of the big 10 power poll, which michigan is this week for tom and i would agree with that but um as crazy as jim harbaugh is but There are eight conference games this week that Mm -hmm. don't include and aren't head-to-head. Of course, Ohio State plays Iowa, Minnesota plays Nebraska, and Rutgers plays Northwest. But of the eight, Tom, (laughs) and all are favored, including Purdue, will, are you buying or selling that one of those other eight games, and that being Michigan State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Purdue, Maryland, Illinois, Penn State, and Iowa, will one lose? Lose, not covered. Lose outright. (laughs) Lose outright. And mind, mind you, Purdue has got the least favorite of those that group at four and a half. Michigan, not surprisingly, is the biggest favorite at 35 and a half over East Carolina. Wow. Are you buying or
1: selling that somebody's going to lose? I think somebody's yeah. going to lose, Allen. I really do. The, the, the first game of the year in college football is the ultimate wild card for, uh, for obvious reasons, right? There's no preseason games. There's so much new on these rosters, Alan, with like you talked yeah. about the portal. And, uh, my gosh, I mean, nobody really knows what they've got. And, and, and uh, it's got to be scary for coaches. You can practice all you want against yourself. You can watch film. You can do all your drills, Alan. It all helps to a degree, but nothing really matters until they flip those lights on and somebody's chasing you and trying to take your head off. Yep. We, we just don't know. And and, and again, special teams, that's, that's the one area where coaches always told me in the past. Special teams, that very first game of the year, usually don't go live and practice on special teams covering punts and kickoffs. So you can have breakdowns there big time. You can have some returns uh, in, in that opening weekend, maybe more so than other weekends, just because of the newness of everything. So I'm going to say somebody somebody's going to get tripped up here. Who it is, I'm not sure. I mean, it, it could be Purdue, Alan. As yeah. Much as, as, as much as Bullmaker fans don't want to hear that, I think we all realize the perils of playing Fresno State. I think the point spread says all you need to know about what Vegas and the betters think of this game. Um, Fresno's good, Alan. And yeah, Jeff was yeah. is a good coach. I, I go back to Pat Hill. You Man, Fresno's a blue-collar, tough, proud program and they're going to be very well coached they got a great defensive coordinator i talked to brock spack this last week he talked about kevin coiler dc said he's a great guy great coach and again man it's just it's gonna be it's, it could be a tight one it could be a nail biter it could be a fourth quarter game so maybe the bullmakers pull it out but maybe one of these other teams is one that, that really slips up here and and we see an upset by one of these these heavily favored big 10 teams who knows yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'll buy that also. I think it's going to be someone like Illinois.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't see, don't see West Virginia, even though that's a huge rivalry, you know, right. West Virginia is the most, if you think Purdue fans uh, have a complex against Indiana, Notre Dame and the state of Indiana, West Virginia is a complex against that game at? at Penn state. So I just oh, don't okay. see I them. I don't, if they, I don't think they beat them there, but, uh, Uh, And Maryland and Towson, I know there's no line Uh, on that game. I don't see that happening. Uh, But I could see we've seen Central Michigan over the years. That's a great thing. Again, how many was it two times in the 1990s? Central Michigan goes into Michigan State and wins. Uh, they are a 15 point dog in Spartan land. Uh, I wouldn't uh, want to uh, be a Michigan State fan in that one if they or or Michigan I'm State coach, me. so to speak, if you lose that one. So, I, I'm with you, name. I think it's somebody else than Purdue. I, I like Purdue this weekend for no no unearthly reason. Uh, but I do think, uh, I do think that uh, you're going to see uh, somebody go down to that group.
1: I really like the Thursday night game, I know it's not on our yeah. radar, it's a big 10 game, with that. Nebraska and Minnesota game—that is just, going to be a whole heck of a lot of fun, man.
0: Every game this year is just going to be—I mean, who the hell knows? I mean, this is so many. There's so many missing pieces, and then you throw in the was—you know—new coaches. You throw what's in what's any level Western of controversy. What's, um, what's the
1: Western going to look like?
0: Right, right. I mean, everybody's completely counting them out, and rightfully I mean, so. Maybe not. We'll see. But maybe not, and. And you got Nebraska. Who knows? So yeah, that's gonna be a fun one. All right, next one, we'll go on to something a little bit more straightforward. T.J. Sheffield, will he lead Purdue in receipt in number number of receptions, not in yards, mm-hmm. number of receptions? Now, Garrett Miller not expected to play, not gonna play, right? Um, uh, but what do you what do you see on that? When you buy it or sell on that?
1: Huh. Yeah, I am not, not not to get off on a tangent, but I was surprised to not see him on the depth chart.
0: Yeah, I was too I'll
1: tell you what i I'm I'm just gonna say this. It's very disappointing. Um but anyway, uh I'm selling Alan. I'm selling, I'm going with Dion Burks. I'm I'm, I'm in the Dion Burks <laughs> this year. I think most people are. I think yeah, I know Sheffield's a fifth-year senior and Burks is I think a red shirt sophomore, but we've heard Coach Walters kind of go on about Deion Burks, calling him a freak, calling him an action figure, Big Ten media days. I know Bruce Feldman, the national writer for The Athletic and works for Fox, had Deion on his freaks list too. And uh, I think number four is going to be the guy this year for Purdue, working out of the slot, get him the ball in space. He's going to be fast, explosive. We've seen glimpses of it, Alan, Uh, but maybe we see the full-fledged Deion Burks here in 2023 he's my guy so i'm selling the notion that sheffield's going to be the guy
0: yeah i I, i'm i'm going to go with you on that i it's going to be interesting to see him burks we know will they will they incorporate him a little bit in the reverse run game you know that's what i don't get a good feel for and you may you know i i'm not a student of the air raid offense or exactly know exactly what i'm going to see so it's going to be interesting to see Mm -hmm. uh, what what wrinkles graham harrell puts together uh and and how they get get yardage you know we're not talking you've said this chronicle this many times about Purdue and you know not going to necessarily be essential that they can stretch the field can they move the chains with that offense and and consistently do that and have put hudson card produce quarterback in position to be to make big plays and uh, mm-hmm. that's what's going to be fun to watch that's why i think it will be it will be one of those more into more interesting openers and i'll get to that subject next and I, i'm not even change what we talked about off screen a little bit most intriguing op- opener you know mm-hmm. I, I was going to say biggest opener because news three games northwestern 2018 mm-hmm. Penn state 2022 oregon state 2021 <laughs> but i would also argue for intri- intrigue just flat intrigue. um of those three games uh, is this one more intriguing than those than any of those three, just because we don't know what we're going to see. And we got a new code we got all these new things, got a new quarterback with a lot of hype that we haven't seen outside of what we saw in Texas in that four game stretch last year. What do you, what do
1: you, what are you saying? Is this the most intriguing of the bunch are you buying or selling? I'm uh I'm buying that. I mean, I, I just think given the level of newness here, Alan, um, I think it it, it trumps any in any of those games you mentioned, 18 Northwestern with the Oregon State game, 21 and Penn State last year. Those, those were interesting in their own rights for different reasons. Rondell Morris debut in 18. Of course, Oregon State game, Alan, Purdue's coming off back-to-back. Huge game. Games. Now, yeah,
0: we said intrigue
1: and not important. And yeah, I think intrigue, that's I mean, it's still game. intrigue. I mean, this yeah. one happened. The intrigue is off the charts here. It's off the charts with a new coach who's 37 years old, never been a head coach. The, the Purdue Notes said that the average age is 39 years old of the staff and uh, we talked about the, the the roster, the portal. I think that there' the on notes here there's 17 players in the 2 deep that were in the portal or came from the portal. Yeah on and on it goes, Alan and led by the quarterback Hudson Card. So I think uh, because of those things, uh, for me the, the the roster turnover, the new staff, the new schemes for me, this is the most intriguing opener we've seen in, in recent memory.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree from ter- pure intrigue of just not knowing what we're going to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I go all the way back to your childhood and kind of mine, too. I think it was a senior in high school, 1977, Purdue, Michigan State, only because mm-hmm. you had Mark Harmon coming, well, and Harmon didn't actually start that game. You know, a guy named Joe Metallic did. But, you mm-hmm. know, the fact that you had a new coaching staff, a young, young Jim Young, and they're and they were coming off of but they weren't coming off a winning program with Alex Agassiz. So, you know, even Jeff Brom's debut, you didn't have a lot of expectations. In fact, you pretty was a three touchdown underdog against Louisville. I believe it was. They played very well and had a chance to win that game, uh, obviously. But, uh, you know, and and against uh, uh, against a Heisman Trophy quarterback, but this is a uh, this is an you know I, I would agree with you. I think I buy that completely. This is the most intriguing. Now, in terms of most important, you know that Oregon State game. You and I talked about that offline. That that game was really, and of course, Oregon State's program has continued to well until <laughs> until the last few weeks with the Pac 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 twelve demise. Um, really was heading in the right direction and that is uh and yet Purdue had a big win in that game in a, in a close relatively close game against the uh, mm-hmm. Beavers in West Lafayette and that was a big game to kind of turn Purdue off that two year losing streak and get itself back to winning football and on a yeah. night game in Raade Stadium and but uh, that might have been the biggest one. Penn State and Northwestern were big games because there was so much excitement about in so much, Though Purdue was an underdog against Penn State last year, had a chance to win that. And against Northwestern, of course, Rondale Moore was electric, and they had a chance to win that one too. Uh, and got behind late Northwestern, pulled it out. Of course, Northwestern ended up having a great year under Pat Fitzgerald, as I recall. So uh yeah. or a good year. So anyway, I think you're I think you're right on that one. My next one 10 or more passes than rushes for the Purdue offense on Saturday.
1: Yeah, you know um I I I'm I'm buying that. Um uh, I've talked to Graham Harrell a few times about, you know, balance, run pass balance and you know they always say they the right thing. Is they're going to take whatever the defense is giving them, right? But I think this is offense that's always going to lean toward the pass and uh <clears throat> I think Purdue's going to have at least 10 more passes and rushes here on Saturday for sure. Um look for him to work at a quick I think a uh, probably a quick pace here and um you know, it's, it's always been described as an air raid-based offense, and and Graham has pointed out numerous times since he was hired that when you say air raid, people always think of Mike Leach and throwing 80 passes a game or whatever, and it's certainly, you know, that's, that's the reputation, the image that pops in a lot of people's heads when you hear air raid, but that's not necessarily the case. It's sort of a basic scheme, right? And uh, I do think he does want to be balanced. So I think again, long long story short, not to be real long winded about this. I think I think Purdue is going to lean more on the pass here throughout this whole year. Why not? I mean, you got Hudson Card, but I do think yeah, Alan these running backs they've got. I think it's the best collection they've had. I've said since Jeff Brom's first year, and the people remember that crew with Markel Jones and DJ Knox and Richie Worship and Tario Fuller and guys like that. It was it was pretty salty crew. They got three good backs this year. I think they're, they're, they're not just going to run. They're going to catch it. So, uh, again, I think uh, we're going to see plenty of passes on Saturday and throughout this season. going to be a warm, warm day on, on Saturday. At least that's what the prediction is even for a noon
0: start, you know, really saying, been... do you know yet? Well, I think not as warm as they originally said, maybe 77, 78 degrees at kickoff, okay. but so it's not going to be outrageous, but, um, It'll be interesting to see. I, I'll, I'll stick with what you say there. I think that that probably makes sense. So uh, it's going to be one of the things that I you and I've talked about this, and and I'm one tenth as close of it to you as you are. But the whole notion of I'm really curious to what role maccabee plays and how how yeah. they use him and and how that all plays out uh, to what uh, you know. Devin had that great freshman year and mm-hmm. and uh, certainly has shown he can run the football at this level. But we'll see if that all – you just never know when guys get in new situations with new staffs and what staff's like and a little bit hard to tell. One guy we think they do like, uh, and Jeff Brom did too when he first got him, Tyrone Tracy. And mm-hmm. by, by sell on him, of course, he's a running back that uh, was kind of a slot guy last year that got moved to running back. Will he run the ball more than five times this this Saturday, Tom? That's this obscure, <laughs> silly, silly notion. But do you think he will?
1: I think he will. I'll I'll, I'll buy that. And I think there's a lot of intrigue around Tyrone Tracy Allen. That's a good guy to sort of uh, single out, if you will. We we always talk about Maka being Card and, and Burks and Garrett Miller, but Tyrone Tracy could end up being a real X factor for this offense. Um, talented guy. 6th year player, Allen. He got out of high school in 2018, if you can believe it. Uh, Never was a real natural wide receiver. You know, I was told all along, you know, this is a guy that in high school was a running back, and he he sort of transitioned to receiver when he went to Iowa. And you could see there's never a real comfort level catching the ball downfield. And I think this move is going to dovetail real well with his skill set. And I think uh, he's going to see at least five carries. and, And if this offense is as good as we hope, I think, um, he could end up being a real key guy who maybe ends up getting you know eighty carries this year, seventy carries and and catches maybe twenty or thirty passes, and he's gonna return kicks too, Alan. so uh, I think he's a veteran guy that, that they're gonna wanna lean on to play a role not just again on offense but also on special teams,
0: yeah, and the guy that uh, again they're they're talking about, and you gotta think he yeah. is gonna be in the be in the mix uh from that standpoint and you've got to believe that uh uh you'll see him but i don't know I, i'm gonna i might i still might i i think he might get three or four yeah. uh we'll be to see. and i have nothing to base that on we you know it's really it's hard to it's just more 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 chatter than anything else but i i, yeah, I well, yeah,
1: it's, it's so much depending on how the game unfolds right if they get a lead you know and
0: well, well, and 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 also, I do think what's interesting, or at least what I look for a little bit in these games, is is the alignment. A little bit is going to tell you a little bit. I'm not saying Ryan Walters is a BS guy. He's not. All coaches have things they talk about, and they talk about it for a reason. Uh, but will things align with what the storyline has been since the spring? I don't know. And it's just it's just interesting to see what the alignment is. And you're right. Game situation, you get down 14 to nothing yeah. uh, and all of a sudden everything's out the window. So you just it's unfair to to lay it all that way. But it's going to be interesting to see if things go as as planned. And uh, and they rarely do. And that season opener We've had some crazy ones over the years. All right, uh, Purdue announced its, attend- or its capacity, it's 61,441. You and I grew up in an era where it was 69,200 for many mm-hmm. years. In the last few years, it's been, what, 57 change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little surprised that it was that much because, obviously, they have the less fewer seats in the section, which is, I guess, section 107 now, or whatever it is where the Tiller Tunnel is, so there's, that's going to get fixed. But they have a lot more seats in the south end zone mm-hmm. where the students are going to be. So my question, my buy-sell to you, will Purdue ex- meet or exceed that number three times this year? And, re- and my logic is thinking, well, we know Syracuse is a sellout already. Mm-hmm. September 16th, night game in ross age Stadium uh we know fresno state is not a sellout or at least as i understand it, i don't think they're going to get to that number but i could be wrong but get, ohio state's coming to town but will they get a third sellout to, or a third one approaching that number what do you think
1: i think they will i think i think the homecoming game will sell out against illinois on september 30th they're going to dedicate tiller tunnel that day um uh, maybe produce three and one or four oh, alan <laughs> yeah I know Arnett Tiller is going to be here with a bunch of Tiller family members. Sean Phillips is supposed to be the honorary captain storylines write themselves with Brett Bielema facing off against Ryan Walters, of course, too. So a lot of juiciness here. And again, it could really be amplified if these teams are both playing well, especially if obviously to, and for Purdue, cause they're at home. So yeah, I think, I think the Syracuse, Illinois, I think Ohio state will sell out just based on Buckeye fans streaming over on I-70. Uh, but yeah, then you got Minnesota and uh, and IU. And IU is it's always sold game.
0: better than you yeah. think. I mean, it sells better, obviously at uh, uh, at Purdue than it uh, does in Bloomington by a long shot. And uh, uh, you know, I, I don't. It 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 is. I I think I'm gonna buy it. I think I've been I've been surprised um, over the year year just how how not this year even how much support and and the, the fan following it uh, uh the numbers the ticket numbers have you know nearly 40 000 what in season ticket sales mm-hmm. uh uh you know that to me is uh-huh. is um is interesting in its own right so I, i'm i'm with you but boy you know i doesn't take me and again i'm i remember stuff like this and so do you but uh God, I can remember Tim Beckman Brennan versus Daryl Hazel in Ross Aged Stadium, and there couldn't have been more than oh, fifteen thousand wow. people in there. So it, you know, so it's just amazing to me that that transformation has happened the way that it is. Uh, it's impressive from that standpoint that that Ross Aid Stadium is is uh hopping uh it's 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 become there's no question that this that this job that they did on it uh, is going to make it uh, sparkle uh even more uh and i think that that's uh that's uh, that adds to it and i think you're right i think you're gonna i think people i didn't think this was possible i really didn't boy when daryl when they, jeff Brown took the job in 2017 I think I said publicly. I think they knew Notre Dame was on the schedule in 2024 at that time, which is I think still the case, right? I said that'll be their next sellout because I said it's going to take them that long. And gosh, Jeff Rom sold out some games in that first year. I think the Michigan game in his first year, uh, third, third or fourth, third turn home game or whatever it was. My point is is uh it's come back faster than I thought and it's and it's stayed strong and has become a thing to do, which I know college football is, but you know throughout like you and I talked about through all the things we've heard on Nil and transfer Portal and all the off uh, and realignment uh, yeah. and still want to go. We're still interested in seeing it. they love
1: All it's like kids going to watch their it's like parents going to watch their kids play youth sports. It's the same way with people wanting to go back to their alma mater um they love their school they love seeing their friends and family it's an event allen as much as the game itself and that's always a big draw and when you start winning then you get the other kind of fringe people piling on too but yeah there's always a strong pull for that core people but you're right it was in disarray you you had to sit through it allen during hazel and um credit jeff brahm right
0: no no doubt you can't for for, for, for,
1: for, for the way people like to pick his nits and Complain about some of his his, his tactics. I think history is going to look back pretty fondly on on his six year era.
0: No question in the fact that he was over five hundred and and yes, yeah. he had some couple you know couple of years that he'd like to get back twenty nineteen and twenty twenty without question. But uh, yes, that uh, I I don't think he can debate that uh, all that much. And yeah, it's uh, it is it's interesting. I think the also the ad the advent, but the fact. There's a lot of intrigue of these night games. Now we know the Illinois game is not definitely at night, and we're still working that out. Though I think I've said that too t- too many times publicly. Um, that the fact that you got night football also yeah. against Syracuse has a huge factor of getting that game sold out. And Wisconsin. Now I don't know if that game. That's Wisconsin. Gonna,
1: I don't think that's going to make. I, I was talking to somebody. Yeah, Friday night yeah, is a sweet. Yeah, sweets getting turned back in. Um, yeah. Friday night's a tough sell and um, Friday night's a tough sell for, and, and, and it probably costs you three or 4,000 Badger yeah. fans too. And yeah.
0: it's good. Is it as good as it's made for TV and it yeah. will be a great environment. The students will be there yeah. and it'd be party time and all that. But I agree. I think that limits that game. You yeah. play that game on Saturday, the 23rd. and, and it might yeah. it, It's probably different uh, because uh, you know, that's, uh, I, I agree with you, I think, but if you put Illinois at night or whatever that happens, that's just. Or even later in the day, I think that makes a big difference. Yeah. I do think even Fresno State, you know, um, Ryan Wallers talks about that feeling of coming out of that tunnel and what <laughs> it's going to be like. I'm not going to say I'm not going to be a spoiler alert, but it's always been tough with those noon starts to get the students there all on time. Now students have kind of taken a lot of pride of late of getting there early. Uh, but we haven't had very many noon starts and, uh, we being Purdue. So, uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, just how many people are there to kick off. Uh, yeah, be you
1: hope. You'd hope with a new stadium, a new student section. I, I
0: think, think you know. will. Uh, but it tends to be late arriving, but you know, yeah. that whole thing, uh, What are they uh,
1: doing now? Uh, are they sitting in the room studying on Saturday morning? What, what's going on? I don't, well, I think there's a thing called breakfast. I'm Club. kidding. Yeah, oh, I'm
0: kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so now, uh, you know, I think that that's that's the thing. I'm going to last one, and I'm going to throw this out of left field. To do you buy or sell the fact that it's tough, tougher? Should yeah, I'm not a gambler at all. Never, never have, but uh, um, never have at least on college sports. Um, do you buy or sell the whole West Coast thing? The fact that the Fresno wow. State's playing at nine o'clock their time. There's been so much, so much. There's been stuff written about this. Mm-hmm. They're playing at nine o'clock. Now they obviously they're going to come. They're not coming. I remember back in the day when Stanford came in 19 because the 1981 game came like three days before because school hadn't started. My guess is Fresno is not going to be here uh, on Wednesday afternoon to acclimate, but do you buy any of that stuff at all? Do you think that matters at all heading into that uh, season?
1: Opener? I don't. I I think it's probably overrated. Um, I do. Yeah. I think it's overrated. Um, I think, um, you know, if, if there is any any sleepwalking on their part or or lethargy, I think that they'll snap out of it quick. Once once you once you start once you get your pads on out, once you get running around, get a sweat going, once you start hitting, all that's out the window. You're you're playing football and your body clock stuff. I don't think matters. These guys are 18 to 22 years old. Shouldn't yeah, matter much. They'll adapt. They'll be fine. Again, I think that I think people are searching for storylines. Oh yeah. They always kind of gravitate to those type of things. And you know, have they never planned temperatures below this? That may that may be more impactful, or something like that, or going to altitude may be more impactful than talking about somebody having to go from the west to the east to play a game. So I'm not buying that. I think that's overrated. And like I said, if it is a factor, it's something I think these guys will get over quickly. Like I said, once they once they buckle that chin strap and are sweating and hitting each other.
0: Well, you know, those things always come into play, Tom, when you fumble an opening kickoff or you get down 14 to nothing or throw a pick six and all of a sudden, you know, you're down 14 zip, which you don't want to have happen if you're Purdue or Fresno State. Uh, You know, I think in this kind of game, uh, certainly for Purdue, you want to show your stable on the front end that you're there to play and don't want to kick, shoot yourself in the rear end early. That's a, the most obvious thing. That's the same thing for any football game, but uh, I think it plays maybe a little bit more for this one just because you want to get yourself established if you're Purdue, but I'm with you. I don't think it makes a whole lot of difference And fresno state has a very experienced coaching staff that uh, will know has has played this is not their first rodeo unlike uh ryan walters so that's what's going to be a going to be i would
1: not want to be playing these guys Alan. that's all i'm going to say uh whoever scheduled this game i think i, I think we know who did schedule it <laughs> yeah <laughs> what are you doing playing fresno state ever yeah and that's the bowl game i mean my especially to start a year i mean it's they always, you know, it's yeah, been, it, it, always been a historically difficult program. You, you don't want to, you got a new coach, a new stadium, on this all this new era, you don't want to come out and, and, and lay an egg. I mean, if, even if they do, it's not going to be the end of the world. It's just one game. But still, boy, you'd like to get that win to, just to perpetuate the honeymoon and keep the mojo going now because they got to go to Virginia Tech next week. Right. And you know, I know if the Hokies aren't uh, 19 or 2001 Frank Beamer Hokies, but Lane Stadium is a tough place to play. That's a prideful program that's looking for some momentum too, Alan. I guarantee you, they think, hey, here comes Purdue. We're going to beat them easy. So, you know, you, you, it goes without saying you want to be 1-0 going to Blacksburg next week. So, yeah, this whole whole month of September, four out of five games at home, We'd love to get this one because if you do trip up in Blacksburg, you're one on one with three home games looking at you in September. Maybe you win two of those. So again, golly, you, you hate to put so much on one game, but I'm going to go ahead and put so much on one game, Alan. This is a big
0: game, yeah, big game for Purdue, big, big, big one to set the tone for the for the rest of the season, without without a doubt. All right, well, we appreciate uh, always fun doing this, Tom, and uh, usually this is probably a little bit longer version, but start of the year. But uh, we always are at least have good to have something interesting to talk about. That's always a plus. And right now, uh, as they always say, the uh, Boilermakers are undefeated and untied. And that's a good thing in terms of uh, interest. And we'll see how all that uh, plays out over time but uh we'll be one thing's for sure uh goldenblack.com and tom dean art brian newbert mike carmen uh, it's the dream team of uh, Alan Purdue carpet football. jordan john uh, yeah we, it's jordan we're we're ready to go to try to bring you something interesting uh uh come the end of this day so tom thanks again I want to thank our good friends at AcrePro pro midwest farm group I told you I'd give you that phone number acrepro.com or call 765-587-3185. And I think actually there's, there's another number too. It's for Kyle that I need to need to provide for you. But when you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local acre pro agent will walk the land with you um, and make sure that that deal is done. Right. And Kyle has always been good about making sure that, uh, that uh, he is a, he's out of the Trent Johnson mode. Uh, he's always been a, been a, been a good, good uh, guy to be, been not only a producer but I think he's also on the chain gang. He's the guy, Kyle is the one that writes down every play uh-huh. on the, on the line because in case they have a, uh, uh, the power goes out or whatever, it, it's there. So he has a very important role. And that number, Kyle's number, direct number, and I should give you that number, 765 775 6502. Get a hold of Kyle Spray. Uh, he's your guy with Acre Pro, and we appreciate their support for another year. All right, we'll be back next week. We'll be buying or selling whatever that will be heading into the Purdue Virginia Tech. Yeah. Battle in Blacksburg. That will be an interesting tri- trip for Mr. D. Have you been there before
1: in your college? Yeah, I have. I've been there once. And I was going to ask you, Alan, I don't believe Purdue's ever played in the state of Virginia. That is I, correct. I, yeah, think about I, it. I thought about that once. I, I don't think they've ever played. That there. is correct. Yeah. They have played Virginia
0: Tech at home. Of course, Danny Wichicu had a 90-yard return, and Purdue got beat about 100-7. to seven. No, it was a 50-something to 20, and that one back in, what, 2014, I want to say, when the Hokie – and they weren't all – Virginia Tech wasn't all that good. Purdue has obviously played Virginia. Uh, They have in the 1984 uh, Peach Bowl, a a regrettable game when the magic man, Don Mikowski beat Purdue uh, in Fulton County Stadium, and Jim Coletto and Leon Burnett did not see eye to eye in the locker room at halftime. I know that story uh and uh Jim everett was the quarterback pretty blue a 10point yeah. halftime lead and lost that game Howard Petty wasn't it the running back for for
1: uh they had, uh the- yeah they had they had, they, had, they had Barry word up chiefs and christian de but oh yeah that's yeah uh, that, that, that game sort of set the tone for what turned out to be a very disappointing 1985 too but
0: no question no question and of course purdue played virginia i think the only other time 1968 to open up with the boilermakers ranked number one beat the beat the wahoos 44 to 6 in west lafayette but uh, that virginia that's not virginia tech they've never played james madison uh, obviously, um boy, I don't. I think you're right on that. I don't think they've ever said. That'll be the first
1: from... trip to the Commonwealth of Virginia, so there's some history yeah, there.
0: <laughs> there will be some cool thing, and you'll be. uh Hopefully, you'll get home in there within a week. <laughs> so it's hopefully always good.
1: Like I said, I'm I'm gonna fly to Charlotte. It's about a three-hour drive from Charlotte. I, I just want to have a direct flight from Indianapolis. Oh, to you me. are gonna do Charlotte as
0: opposed to brother. Good man. Yeah, I, 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 I
1: didn't want to connect, so I'm going to Charlotte, and I, I'm staying by in the, by the airport, and it's a noon game. I can leave early on Saturday morning. And I can get back to my hotel maybe by nine, ten o'clock Saturday night. And I won't have to make a long drive Sunday morning. So that's, that was my plan.
0: Yeah, interesting That's, interesting. Plan. that's good. That is your plan. That's what you're going to stick to. All right, guys. Hey, Tom, thanks so much. And thanks to AcrePro. And we'll see you next week on acre, acre, AcrePro.com buy, sell. We'll have a lot of fun with that. Uh, uh, we had fun with this one and uh, we'll look forward to the start of this season. So have a great, good rest of the week, everybody. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?